What if that nagging feeling in the back of your neck was real? What if those hands reaching out from the dark that you believed were there, were there? What if the monster in the basement really existed? And what if there was really something under the bed? Would you have the courage to face your fears? Hello, brave souls, and welcome back to What Do You Fear? I'm your host, Paul Rondo. Tonight, we have two short stories for you. Our first story is about a man who gets in an accident and it changes the course of his life forever. Find out more in The Accident. Last month, something very strange happened. My four friends and I went to a local haunted area for a scare and to kill an evening. It was about 9pm, so it was as dark as it was going to get for the night. We were arriving at the spot when it started to get extremely foggy to the point where we could hardly see in front of you. Definitely the scene for a scary evening. We started to slow down to a park, and I saw the look of terror on my friend's face. A look of terror that no one could fake. He then said, Accelerate in tone that both intrigued and terrified me at the same time. Without really thinking, I just sped up, about 10 miles per hour faster than I had been going, just assuming that the spot we were in scared him a bit. As we went further up the road, the restlessness that he felt only proceeded to get worse. At this point, I just wanted to get out of where we were, as his fear was beginning to rub off on me. As I continued to pick up speed, I saw what had scared him so bad. I had only seen it for a split second before I heard the crunches and felt the car go over a bump that no one would want to acknowledge, but was impossible to ignore. I panicked in a way that I would never had before, and stopped the car with such force that we all jerked forward into what was in front of us. Ignoring the pain with adrenaline and shock, we got out to inspect what my fear and carelessness had done, and after seeing what was there, I wish I had kept driving. The man was lying in a pool of blood, his chest flattened from one line of wheels and his feet flattened from the other line. It was a sight that I knew would stick in my mind as well as my friends for as long as we shall live. After the disgust and horror we all witnessed, I convinced everyone to get back into the car. Once we all got back in the car, the weather had completely cleared as if a tension in the area had been relieved. I had no choice but to take all my friends home with the scars that I knew would haunt them for the rest of their lives. On the way home, no one spoke of the gore we had witnessed, and I had no problem with that. I felt like there had been a presence following us, but I brushed it off as shock and went on with my driving. I dropped off all my friends, making them promise that the event would never be spoken of to anyone. I then made my way to my house to cleanse my car of the horror that it endured. I hosed my tires and bumpers off, then went into the house to take a shower. I still had the feeling of a presence, which had begun to give me a very unsettling feeling in the pit of my stomach. But I knew it was just guilt. Guilt is the mind's form of karmic retribution. No one can completely get away with something. I went to bed once I got out of the shower hoping that I could sleep this terrible night for my existence. It took about two hours for me to finally fall asleep, but that would be the worst mistake of my life. 
I woke up about three hours later to the worst sight of my life. At the foot of my bed, I saw the face of my accident. Sitting no more than two feet away from me was a personification of fear. His body was mangled. His chest was flattened along with the lower half of his legs. He sensed my being awake through my fear and turned to look at me. He had no eyes, but the socket showed all the pain and anger that he felt. This was coupled, however, with a sick sense of amusement that he got from the control that he had over my sanity. He lunged for me, getting within mere inches from my face. Even though he had no eyes, I still felt as though he could see into the very light of my existence. He then whispered in a tone of pure terror, Forever! and crawled out of my room. I ran out of my house into my car and drove. I drove for six hours straight, well into the daytime. I don't know what that creature was, but I do know that he will be forever with me. With me at a constant reminder of how fear and panic can ruin one's life. In our next story, a man comes face to face with what he assumes to be a simple spider, but appearances are not always what they seem. Find out more in Always Count the Legs of a Spider. Let me preface this by saying I have a severe case of arachnophobia. Seriously, even those tiny ones scare the shit out of me. If I had a spider in a room, any room, you can bet your ass I'd be the first to leave it. So it's God's greatest joke that this should be happening to me. The guy who regularly dissolves into tears over a fucking daddy long legs in the sink. Just a few days back, I ran into a friend of mine on my way to the corner shop. So naturally, I was forced to stop and make small talk. When I glanced at my feet, while racking my brain for an excuse to leave, I saw those long, hairy legs sticking out from under my Reebok, twitching meekly. Now, when I say those legs are long, I don't mean, hey, that spider's got pretty long legs. Long. I mean, holy fucking shit, look how long that spider's legs are. Long. I'm not exaggerating when I say that his leg span could easily have covered a small car's wheel from end to end, staring down in utter revulsion, not daring to remove my foot from what I imagined to have been a very gruesome scene. Some part of me noted that this monster had ten legs in place of eight. Without looking back, I turned tail and sprinted all the way back down the street to my house. At the front door, I kicked the offending shoe off into the street before slamming it shut. I backed up to the sofa, shuddered as a phantom spiders crawled under my shirt. The rest of that evening was spent on my laptop, trying to find the species that the spider belonged to while simultaneously avoiding the images tab. I'd seen enough spiders already, thanks. As expected, my efforts uncovered nothing, and so I retired to bed for the night feeling very confused and very uncomfortable. Sometime during the night, I awoke to the faint sound of scuttling in the darkness. Blinking sleep from my eyes, I rolled over and flicked on the bedside lamp. As warm light washed over the cramped bedroom, my blissful ignorance shattered into oblivion. On the bedside table, so close to the lamp I'd almost touched it, sat a huge ten-legged spider. I was unable to move, unable to think, 
unable to breathe as I looked at its face. Set into the front of its dark, fat body was a pair of brown eyes. Human eyes. They were heavily bloodshot and didn't appear to have eyelids. Just big, round, and boring deep into mine. It was an abomination. The stuff of nightmares. Even for someone without my crippling fear of spiders. Whenever my head moved, its eyes would swivel, unblinking to track mine. Something about knowing that it was watching freaked me the hell out. Then I blinked. In the split second that my eyes were shut, there was a sound of mad scrambling followed by a sickening heavy weight falling against my chest. It was on top of me, its bulging eyes locked onto mine. Mere inches from my face, my heart hammered furiously for the remainder of that night and well into the morning. The spider stayed as motionless as I did, apart from the constant, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, running through my mind. I only had two unique thoughts the entire time. There was the point that I barely nearly broke and actually considered knocking the beast away and making a run for it. But knowing full well it probably just killed me with those vicious fangs, I couldn't go through with it. I also came to the realization that this had to be the same creature I'd stepped on earlier that day. In fact, I was certain of it. It took me an embarrassingly long time to snap to it, but then my mind wasn't exactly at peak performance. Just then, I'd killed it, and this was its insane idea of revenge. Lord knows how it returned to life. Hours after the torment had begun, when the sun had fully risen, the thing finally zipped away in an instant, disappearing through the open door. It was a while before I felt able to move again, and even longer until the torrent of tears finally stopped. Later that same morning, I received some troubling news. Apparently my neighbor, Todd, had been taken to the hospital during the early hours of the morning. His wife had awoken to the sounds of him sobbing. When she had turned on the lights, she had been horror-struck to find that her husband's eyes were missing, with dark, empty pits in their place. I can only imagine what it must look like to open your eyes to see nothing. That poor guy. I had an appointment with a therapist tonight. I'll be paying through the nose for him to convince me that this shit didn't happen. Money well spent if you ask me. So here's my advice to you. If anyone ever needs you to kill a spider, then, by all means, rid the world of as many as you can. You'd be doing many of us a huge favor, trust me. But for your own sake, you might want to count its legs before you do. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the story. Big thank you to the author for creating such an interesting and genuinely creepy experience. If you enjoyed the video, please subscribe or follow for more videos just like this one. If you'd like to support the channel, you can check out my Patreon link in the description below and know that I genuinely appreciate it. Follow me over on Twitter at podcast underscore fear or Facebook at fear the podcast. Thank you again for listening to the story, and until next time, always remember to face your fears.